2: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on V-CEN.
3: is the Lombardi Line. It's important to remember as we begin our celebration of football, Michael Lombardi, we never forget. 21 years ago today, our first thoughts always on September 11th to the victims, the victims' families of 9-11. Again, 21 years ago today. It's a celebration for us, but our thoughts firmly with the families and the victims of
4: 9-11. Yes sir, Patrick, I, I, you never can forget, I can never, you won't forget, I won't forget where we were the moment we saw what was occurring in New York City and Washington and out uh, out in the Pennsylvania, uh, that tragic day and it's affected the families, our loved ones and people as we move forward and it affects us every single day of our lives because we can never forget.
3: Absolutely. He is Michael Lombardi there in New Jersey at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. We start the show on September 11th the same way every single year. And I think it's important to, as I mentioned, we begin our celebration of the NFL. And it's a big day, not just here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. It's a big day for bettors. It's a big day for football, fantasy football owners. And it's a big day for us because guess what? After us, Brent Musburger is back. Brent is back. He's yeah. got the countdown to kickoff that debuts live. today. You're looking live. You are, You've got a full slate, Michael live. Lombardi.
4: Yeah, we've got we a lot of great today? games. We feel good. I mean, I feel really good. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I, I, I'm going to quote one of your native Michigan men, uh, Bob Seeger, working on mysteries without any clues. We do not have a lot of clues going into week one, right? We are working on a lot of mysteries here. So I, I think you just got to be careful, play it smart, look at the trends, look at the numbers, and... Uh, You know, handicap the game as the best you can based on your power rankings and go from there. And don't get dismayed if things don't go the way it starts out because today there's going to be some teams that are expecting to have it start out really well like Texas A&M yesterday, and it doesn't. (laughs)
3: <laughs> also continuing with the Seeger quotes we turned the page on last year remember don't love look it back. nice this is a, thank you very much Michael Lombardi let's talk quickly uh, to set up the day I'll get into the storylines but let's talk about some of the key line moves overnight you were just talking about it we've had a complete flip in Minnesota you go from one and a half with Green Bay Lane and now I see most books reporting two. Yeah. a few shops reporting Minnesota Lane one and a half this comes down to injuries Lazard is out the two tackles are out for Green Bay
4: well, and it also comes back to the fact that maybe Green Bay won't start as fast as we think they could. You know, I mean, last year when they went down to Tampa, they did not play well. Uh, their their team's execution wasn't great. And I think there's a lot of moving pieces within this, Minnesota, within this Green Bay offense. You know, who's he going to throw the ball to? How's his protection going to hold up? And let's face it, Minnesota last year was a more talented team than eight wins. They were. Now, defensively, they were a disaster on first and second down. They were the fourth best team on third down in all of football. But they get Hunter back now. You know, so they get their premier pass rusher. I think Ed Donatelle will make a difference. It'll be a little bit harder for Aaron Rodgers to come through and read it. He'll protect the corners better. Peterson, Dantzler, he's got to protect those guys. And I, and I think this Minnesota offense will move the ball. Green Bay's a good defense with Gary coming off the edge. And and the other Smith, who's now in Minnesota, we've changed Smiths. We've got them both on both sides of the ball now. So I think it'll be a good game. But I think if Cousins is protected, if Cousins is protected, I think they'll play well. I know Jar Alexander's back for Green Bay. I know Rashul Douglas made a lot of plays last year. But I think that Minnesota's offense is really ready to go.
3: Part of the Pro Tools, your splits, your betting page, remember, go to VEASAN.com. A good place to start for new bettors, the key numbers. When you wake up in the morning, take a look at three, take a look at seven. So let's take a look at a number that's dancing around seven. That's Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Michael Lombardi yesterday, pretty much everybody reporting Cincinnati laying six and a half. We've now hit that key number of seven with Cincinnati
4: laying at hosting a division rival. You know, so I always on Sunday morning, and Bill A.D., you, the morning email you get when you're a Visa subscriber is fabulous. And, and so Bill A.D. always asks for picks on Sunday, and, and I gave him three picks this morning, which are different than really my best picks, only because the lines have shifted so much, Patrick. Like, for example, you know, this is a line that has shifted. The Steeler game has shifted. It's a game that I really like. At six and a half, you got to love it. At seven, now that it's moved to seven, I'm not worried about the line movement. I'm not worried that there's some sharp out there playing it. I think I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin and his ability to get his team ready. And I think seven points in a divisional game is too much. And in this circa contest, and I like looking at these numbers as well. You know, 1,200 of the entries picked the Steelers plus six and a half. So I, I think there's some, <laughs> there's certainly a cause for that. I think you can see that it was the fourth highest picked game in the contest, and You know, we'll see the line, and the line has moved towards Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati's a good team. I think they're undervalued. They're a good team. Beating a a, a divisional rival at home who you dominated last year who's got something to play for, and they're different, I think it'll be a closer game. I'm not suggesting Cincinnati won't win the game. I'm suggesting I think Pittsburgh will play well. Michael Lombardi, if you liked your
3: Steelers in the divisional matchup against the Bengals at 6.5, you're going to love them at 7, as you just mentioned. By the way, Week 1 Division Dogs the last seven seasons hitting at a 29-9-1 ATS clip. That's over 76%. The Steelers are in a good spot there. Okay, a couple numbers I I wanted to focus on there, Michael Lombardi. Also, just quickly, Jacksonville-Washington. Washington's laying 3. That was kind of dancing this morning between 2.5 and and 3, so maybe a little love right now on Jacksonville, a game that's a little off the radar.
4: It is off the radar, and I and, and I just have this feeling that, you know, when you go back and watch, and what I did, I went back and watched Doug Peterson against Jack Del Rio in the opening game uh, two years ago during COVID, and the Eagles were in control of that game. Rieger made a huge play down the field. You know, they looked like everything was going well until the second half, until right before halftime, Wentz throws a bad interception, and Washington really did nothing offensively got back in the game. And so, you know, I I do think that Jacksonville will move the football, but I think Washington's front should be better tonight. They should be able. I know they don't have Chase Young, but I think this is going to be a challenge for Jacksonville on the road. Now, look, there's no home field advantage out there, whatever they call that park, whether they call it FedEx Field, I don't know anymore, but there's no home field advantage. And I think people see this as Jacksonville perhaps having an opportunity. We know they've played well in opening games before. We'll see if they can do it. I have a sneaky feeling that Rivera is one of those coaches that – you know, I just he's had three winning seasons in eleven years. Three in eleven years. I mean most coaches wouldn't be still head coaching it after that. But I do think that this is kind of a game where he feels like he can get his team ready and I think Wentz will play better today because it's not against the elite teams. Wentz is always good against bad teams. He's just never good against good teams.
3: Okay, a few key numbers to start the Lombardi line here, Week One of the NFL. Remember, the Bills put the league on notice on Thursday night. So let's take a step back and let's talk about some storylines. One, the Baker Bowl down in Carolina, Cleveland in yeah. town, Carolina. Now it's a pick'em. Remember yesterday, this number was sitting Carolina a point and a half. It looks like most shops are pulling up at a pick'em.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, that you know, we the the Panthers have a good team. They really do. And their offensive line is being in transition a little bit. They're going to start the rookie Iggy out left tackle. That's going to be a problem. But they're going to help out on Miles Garrett. I don't think Miles Garrett is going to see one player block him the entire day. And they're going to do everything in their power to make sure Garrett doesn't destroy the game. But they got to be able to protect Clowney over on the right side. That's where Moten's got to come in and play really well. And Baker's got to play within himself and manage. Look, they haven't had McCaffrey back forever. I mean, you know, in, in <laughs> 16 and 7, when McCaff there was a time. In 17 and 18, McCaffrey never came off the field. He was in there every single play. They are a completely different team when McCaffrey plays. Trust me on that now. He's he's tough to tackle, even he's a little guy. He's effective in the passing game. He makes explosive plays with D.J. Moore on the outside. I think this is a better team. Now, i got to believe what I see in, in Cleveland with percent at quarterback. If, if Carolina can play the front, and they're going to be in an eight-man front, they're going to try to do everything to keep Chubb and Hunt from making plays – if they can force Percet to have to participate, to do more than just fake a handoff and throw the ball, I think Carolina's got, the, got a team that can win this game on opening day. Another storyline,
3: Michael Lombardi. Today, week one of the NFL, 10 new head coaches get started. Last four years, new coaches week one, 7-16 straight up. Excuse me, 7-16 ATS 3-19 and one straight up. So again, debuts for 10 new head coaches across the NFL.
4: Well, but I think it's five new head coaches, right? I think there's five guys that have been in the job before. We know Peterson's done it before. McDaniel's done it before. Bowles has done it before. You know, so we we know there's five guys that have done it before that have ascended into this job. And now there's five new guys with the Nathaniel Hacketts and, you know, the Matt Eberfluses and, and, and those coaches. So... I think it's really. I'm looking at more of those five. I'm looking at those five as they take over, and, and that matchup in there. Like for example, Iberflus. He's got. He's a new head coach with two first-time coordinators. That's a scary proposition. There. That's a scary proposition. Nathaniel Hackett. You know, he's going to take over. He's going to run the offense. So he's called plays before with a new defensive coordinator. You know, you've got to consider that as as you go through this and look at it. But I think that's really Matt. Mike Caldwell, first-time defensive coordinator for Jacksonville, even though Peterson's been a head coach. So I think it's those five guys we have to center on mostly to think how they're going to play and move forward as we look at these first-time head coaches. I, I, I was reluctant to really – and and one of my bets that I really liked earlier in the week, the line has moved. I like the Giants, Dayball, ball first-time head coach. Martindale is a good defensive coordinator. I think he'll stop the run. So there's some situations you got to like. But I do think it's hard for first-time coaches.
3: Theme that continues to permeate the NFL over the past four or five years—that's mitigation of home field advantage. It's very apparent this year. You've got ten road dogs to kick off the year. That's the most since '79. Home field advantage just does not exist for the most part. No,
4: no. I mean, look—we just talked about it. Field, you know. I mean, but I will say this, and I wrote this on Veasan.com on the seven rules of, of betting for Week One is everybody's optimistic. The fans are into it. It's a tough environment. It may not be as tough an environment as it was in Austin, Texas yesterday with Alabama and Texas, but all these venues are going to be tough. Cincinnati's fans will be there in full force. You know, I mean, the Jets fans are optimistic. You know, I think there's a lot of fans that come to this game, and I do think there is a little bit – of home field, I think Seattle, one of the reasons why a lot of people like Seattle in the points is because they feel like that crowd will be into the game with Russell Wilson coming back. So I, I do think it doesn't mean as much. Like, for example, Las Vegas. Okay, Gruden first. I mean, excuse me, Josh McDaniels takes over for Gruden. You know, he's not a first time head coach, but he's playing really a home game for him in Los Angeles because there'll be more Raider fans there than Chargers.
3: When you become a VSIN pro, you get our pro tips, our pro tools. One of those, Michael Lombardi wrote up seven keys to betting, week one of the NFL. Go to vsin.com to check it out. We're just getting started. Excited to be here. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Come on back. We're diving into the weather next.
2: You're listening to the Lombardi line on VCN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, we were just talking about Michael's seven keys and tips to betting week one. You can get those if you're a VEASAN pro. Subscriber benefits abound. Pro tools, pro tips at a glance, pro tips as far as... Also, remember, part of our pro tools now are the splits and the betting page. So to get that information, find out which way the number's going, you have to become a VEASAN pro. Right now, through the Super Bowl, it's all half off. It's $175. That is a tremendous deal because, remember, you get the college football betting guide. You get the NFL betting guide. You get Michael's exclusive art. Articles. You get point spread weekly every Wednesday for $175 through the Super Bowl. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for more information. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Michael Lombardi. What's the vibe there at the Borgata on this week one? Kind of a proper kickoff on the Sunday.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a slow-moving crowd in here today. We're getting set up. It's not quite, uh, it's not quite ready to go, but there will, this will be a live, live place uh, And, uh, you know, you know why, Patrick. I mean, look, we got the Giants on at 425. The Jets are on at 1. But in that big screen will be those Philadelphia Eagles, fly, eagle, fly. They will be in there as their road to the Super Bowl begins. No one's getting in their way. They're going to win 18 games, and then they'll go in the playoffs. So it's all good. Look, I I mean, that that, talk about a line that moved, Patrick. That line moved. That's 4, went to 4.5. You know, I think ultimately this Eagle team, as much as I want to make fun of their expectations, they're a good team, you know, and they're going to change what they do defensively. They're going to be a little bit more aggressive with their coverage, not with their front. Their front still could be good. And I think the Lions, because of their injury situation, makes them vulnerable. And if Goff gets hit, look, we know this. If Goff gets hit, he's going to it affects the game. It affects his play.
3: Yeah, a big time jump. Four and a half all week. It's been bet up to most shops, have it sitting with the Eagles lane, five and a half at Detroit. They put the beat down on Detroit. They went into Detroit week eight last year, two and five, and the kind of springboard that was a run to the postseason. But they're laying two, what, five and a half now,
4: Michael? The total yeah. uh, is 40 I mean, and, a half. and here's where I think the betters, uh, and here's why I think you have to understand when we talk about line movement, when we talk about the shift, is is what's happened here is for the longest time, the Eagles and the Lions stayed at four. That line was at four. In fact, in the circuit contest, and this is why even if you don't play the circuit contest, it's a point, it's a snapshot. The circuit contest is a snapshot on where the lines are on Thursday. It's a really important element. It's a pro tip here, number 473. It's an important element because it shows us where it is. Now today, as you go into Sunday, That line's at five and a half. So the people that enter the contest, the pros that enter the contest, they are going to pick lines that they feel they get the better line. You follow me? They're going to want to get that better line. And this Eagle game has has risen a point and a half. The Viking game in the contest was one and a half point. The the Vikings were getting. Today, the Vikings have to give the Packers two points. You see – because, as Vinny says all the time when he comes on our show, pros play numbers. And in a contest, if you're going to be 72, 73% to win it, you've got to play numbers. So that's why that I, I always cite the circa numbers because it's so damn important. It's a snapshot on where this is going to go because all the money that comes into the door of the week, we saw the, that, that Lions line not move all week. Until the weekend, it started to move when people were ready to make their bets, the injury report came out. And we know more about what's going to play on Sunday.
3: We talk about CLV. Don't get confused by the terms and handicapping. That's closing line value. Well, if you're betting the Eagles today at five and a half, you very much are getting the worst of it. That's not good value on the closing number. That's very important to understand. Okay. Michael Lombardi, a couple other notes before we dive back into the games. One weather, it's going to be hot and humid across the country. It's going to be hot down in Miami. Speaking of hot and humid, it is going to be that up in Chicago, but also you could have downpours when this game kicks off in Chicago. Yeah,
4: and that field, right? We saw that Soldier Field this summer, how bad it looked. I can't imagine it looks much better. I'm sure they've, they've worked on it, but when you're going to get you know all the rain that they're expected to get, it's going to slow the track down, which will make the game a lot better for the 49ers because if the Bears are going to do anything, they've got to utilize their quickness and their speed. They don't have enough power, so the run game will be really effective for the 49ers and Lance with the ball running it. I think now, whether he can throw it with bad weather that remains to be seen. I think that's something when you look at the Patriots game, you know, it's 91 humidity and we know it always rains in Florida at some point during the afternoon in the summertime. And we're still in the summertime. How does Tua handle the football in that's conditions. You know, when it rained last year yep. in Tennessee, I ask you all to go back and watch the game. The first drive of the game against Tennessee, it was nice. He was moving the ball down the field. Once a little raindrop hit that leather, the game was off. And all of a sudden, the game was over. And I think you have to be really aware how do quarterbacks handle the weather and throw the ball with rain. Some it doesn't affect. Some it does.
3: The total has dropped down to 40 in Chicago with San Francisco in town for good reason. I mentioned the potential downpours. Also 15 to 20 mile an hour sustained winds. You're not going to see a lot of passing in that game between San Francisco and Chicago. I can guarantee you that. Key injuries, Michael. And then we'll get to Baltimore at the Jets. Looks like J.J. Watt's going to be out for the cards. J.C. Jackson out for the Chargers. Chris Godwin is expected to play. He's questionable for the Bucks. George Kittle not expected to play in Chicago. The tight end, of course, San Francisco. Michael Thomas is expected to play for the Saints. And it looks like, I just mentioned, Alan Lazard and both tackles uh, Bakhtiari and Jenkins out
4: for the Packers. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, I think that's why we're seeing a lot. Look, Minnesota's a good team. I, I think if you talk to coaches that were in Minnesota last year that have been fired, they said, hey, look, we underperformed. I think they admitted it. And and I have talked to those coaches, and they they feel that way. So I know Minnesota is a good team. And Cousins, for all the crap he takes, and he takes a ton of it, he's, his numbers were so good last year. And he can move the football. And I think Stefanski, I know he's a first-time, uh, excuse me, uh, Kevin O'Connell's a first-time head coach. But I do think with Donatel on the defensive side and with Dalvin Cook and Madison and all the players that they have with a better offensive line, I think this will be a good. Look, they beat him. That was a good game last year in Minnesota. Remember that game? I mean, Green sure. Bay had a chance to win it at the end, and Minnesota won by a point or point and a half, a point, a two points, something like that. So, I I think that's the play. To me, I could see that coming through. Minnesota is a tougher team. I think they're going to be a good team this year.
3: CLV closing line value let's go Baltimore Jets I'm just using that term we'll talk with the Jets as far as CLV you could have got seven all week it's now down to six and a half across the board Michael Lombardi Baltimore we'll start here with Baltimore Lamar Jackson of course the quarterback turned down the offer they enter the Jets with Flacco under center again that number six and a half you want to start with Jackson your response to him turning down that offer
4: well, I mean, Bleacher Report is reporting this morning, which I was told reliably last week that they offered him a hell of a contract. They offered him a six-year deal at 290 million. 133 of it was guaranteed. I don't know the exact numbers if Bleacher reports right, but I know they put a lot of money in his front in the front of him, and he wants a fully guaranteed contract, much like Deshaun Watson wants. Okay, and so he's 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 not going to budge off that. He's going to run the risk of playing the way he plays and injury. He. Missed four games last year. Didn't play his best football. But I think Lamar's one of those guys that, you know, when the back is to the wall, he'll play well. I would be very surprised if he didn't have a great season this year. I think that contract's not going to affect his play at all. I think he's got to worry about staying healthy, which is critical, but he loves to run the ball. Today against the Jets, to me, this is a game that the Jets typically have been a zone team. Now, they're talking about playing more man-to-man, but if you play man-to-man, against Lamar Jackson you're in trouble in the sense that if you let don't rush the ball, rush correctly and keep him in the pocket he's going to he's going to lead the team in rushing so you've got to really manage your front to your coverage in this game and that's something that I'm not sure Salai and that defensive staff does plus I think it are where they going to be with Flacco Dwayne Brown went on IR this is what happens when you sign an over over 35 over 35 year old tackle they get hurt shocking right it would be like Jason Peters getting hurt for Dallas so they get hurt. Now you've got to move Fant back to left tackle. Who's the right tackle? You've got a quarterback who can't really move. I think it's a hard game for the Jets. If they don't protect, it'll be hard for Flacco to make a lot of plays.
3: The Ravens start hot. The Ravens have won and covered five of their past six openers. Harbaugh knows how to get it done there with the Ravens. The Jets are on a one-and-four spread skid in openers and a 12-and-21 ATS skid overall. Salah, those defensive metrics, not good last year. So I'll just kind of circle back on the number. Little surprised to see it come down to six-and-a-half off that key number of seven, right?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think the seven, uh, you know, I mean, we rarely... I think it's home team getting seven points. I mean, Chicago's getting seven. That number hasn't moved. Chicago, you know, and so that it's all about that. I think the new defense coordinator, Mike McDonald, in Baltimore. Where are they? But Baltimore's healthy now. Their offensive line's healthy. I think Baltimore has a chance to be really good. I I think they have a chance to be really good. And. Look, the Jets have a good front. Their defensive front's got to try to put pressure on Lamar and see what he can do. I'm anxious to see what this offense for Baltimore is going to look like once the season once the game starts today.
3: Okay, we've got Michael Lombardi's power rankings coming up next here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Again, you're watching, you're listening to Vison the Sports Betting Network. I like how you say it. you're looking live because I want to mention again, I cannot wait. Following us here on the Lombardi line, Brent Musburger makes his return to Vison with the countdown to kickoff. That debuts today, Michael Lombardi. He's got a full cast of characters joining him as well. So that's a pretty good lineup. No, you got humans before us during the football season. We give them two hours, and then you get Brent Musburger, the legend. Eddie- into the games
4: that's pretty damn good no yeah no doubt I mean I love I could just listen to him say you're looking live plus I, one thing about Brent too he's got he's got a, I'm sure he's he's done his homework he's got a lot of plays for you <laughs> here's the thing
3: nobody's sharper than Brent Musburger I can assure you of that nobody gets down more than Brent Musburger we're next with Michael Lombardi's power rankings it's the Lombardi line
2: you're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN. featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, Brent Brent likes the horses, so do I. You can sign up now over at ExpressBet. That's the horse racing app I use. And our buddy, ExpressBet editor-in-chief Jeremy Plonk, has two races for you today, both from Pimlico. In the first race, Jeremy likes the four horse crowned Count Crisco at a juicy 10 to 1 on the morning line. In the 7th, he has the 10 horse Forte on top at 10 to 1. Wow, two juicy plays there from Jeremy. Get $10 free when you sign up today for First Bets of Easton's preferred horse racing app. When you do, use the horse code Horse 200 for $10, plus you get 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. 300 tracks, AI-assisted picks. Nobody's better than First Bet. That app is awesome. It's vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses for details. Michael Lombardi, raring to go there in Jersey, coming off a late night where I got some pictures, man. That was an incredible party you threw last night. You had legitimate full craps. I mean, that was unbelievable.
4: Oh, yeah. So I grew up, you know, I grew up here and 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 my friend who I grew up with since the 7th grade, he owned for a long time a fish market and and so uh and a very successful fish market down in another town and so he came over last night and he brought a bushel full of crabs and he made crabs and spaghetti with the crab meat in it and then we grilled a couple steaks and and everything was great it was wonderful what a great night and we watched you know Patrick it was so good yesterday i know we haven't touched on it we're moving forward today but to sit there and watch the Texas Alabama game and then go right into the Pitt Tennessee game, awesome. the game and then the Florida Kentucky game and then the Baylor B I mean we were it was it was on unc- and then checking the other ones out you know what, what's going on with Georgia Southern a uh, Georgia State versus Nebraska i mean Scott Scott Frost, unfortunately, that's not going to work out well. But I'd like to touch on one thing. Please. Jimbo Fisher. Is there a more overrated coach in the history of football than Jimbo Fisher? Seriously, is there? Let him know. Let him know. I I mean, like, I keep saying this all the time. There's nothing he does that sparkles. You know, I know the media loves him. I know that. I mean, they, they treat him like he's a god. But like, tell me what he does offensively. Tell me how he makes the quarterback better. Tell me how his teams are better. I mean, he could have. Eased. Last week, he was struggling to win that game, and it had the rain delay. Remember? Absolutely. I, God Absolutely. love App State. You know, God love App State. I mean, I was so happy for could them and, and how and they were able could to be two and zero. Oh, oh, they could right? be two and zero. Oh is right. I mean, like, you gotta love that team. The heart. They played a tough game, an over I mean, a 60-point game against North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina put 60 on App State, and, and the greatest coach of all time at, at Texas A&M can't even put, you know, he can't score more than 15. Think about it.
3: Jimbo Fisher may not sparkle, but we always sparkle here on the Lombardi line. I totally agree. We're going to delve big time into what happened there at home against App State next Saturday here on the Lombardi line. By the way, you may want to check those crabs for PEDs because they were the size of hubcaps. My gosh, I don't know what was going
4: on with those crabs. Maryland Michael crabs, Lombardi. Patrick. You got to love them. When you come back here. Maryland crabs, you got to have them.
3: That was an incredible spread. Michael Lombardi's power ranking. So what I like about Michael is he doesn't do things conventionally, a little outside the box. And here, here we go. Let's go ahead and throw them up everybody's on buffalo not so fast my friends tampa bay sitting atop your power rankings now uh, we understand the relationship with brady the question i have for you putting tampa bay one that offensive line is in a dire straits right now
4: yeah, it is. But I know Brady well enough to know that he's going to work around it and he's going to make sure the ball comes out quick. I mean, you'll see the New England offense at full force tonight up there in Dallas because he knows that. I mean, Shaq Mason, you know, their tackles are still there, Patrick. I mean, it's the inside guys that he's got to get some play out of, and I've seen them play behind it. But let me give you a background a little bit on how I came up with So these numbers Please. are based on last year. They're based on statistical data from last year and input from this year in terms of coaches, coordinators, And quarterbacks, right? So, and one thing I've learned is not one stat is more important. One stat is often more important. It has to be times by five. So if you have the best quarterback and I have the worst quarterback and, you know, the the other numbers are the same in similar category, that, that rating has to be reflective of how much influence the game holds because of the quarterback position. So what I try to do is integrate that into it and then come up with a, a, a subjective number and an objective number using stats. So this is a combination of the two as we enter the season. And now that once I start to get more empirical data from the games, I'll be able to adjust it further and see. And But I came up with my own lines based on the power rankings, which I think is critical that you do so that you can find, once again, that variance. Remember, we're always looking for the variance. We're looking for the contest as the Eagles at four. Today, they're five and a half. That's the variance we want. We call I call it on my sheet wiggle.
3: Yeah, we could, we're trying to find a little wiggle. Michael Lombardi comes up with his lines. He then juxtaposes them to the market, and he's trying to find that wiggle in between, that chasm between his number and the market's number. By the way, Tampa Bay at Dallas tonight, everybody's moved to two and a half. It was mostly twos, maybe a couple of two and a halves yesterday, but Tampa Bay, again, one of those road favorites laying two and a half on the road at Dallas to kick off the season. That's a great Sunday night matchup. We go back to your list. Number two is Buffalo. Number three is the Rams. You still got the Rams high up there.
4: Well, I started, that was before the start of the season. And obviously, I'm going to have to adjust that. I'm going to adjust that when I see, when I go through the numbers, you know, where they are in terms of points scored, their offensive play production, p- points per play, all those things factor in. So, look, you know, the first week, I- I'm not going to be pitching a no-hitter here. You know, it's not, I'm not Don Larson. It's not going to be a perfect game. It- it's, you're going to have to make some adjustments along the way. And when I handicap the game, it's interesting, you know, I handicapped the game. I had Buffalo as the favorite, slight favorite in the game, you know, and that's why I took the Rams because I was getting the points, right? You were getting two and a half points, so I, I like the Rams. I had it as a closer game. I had Buffalo as the favorite.
3: Okay. Next up on your list, Kansas City. No surprise here. Green Bay, Cincinnati. I like the fact that you put Cincinnati there, right? Because almost a little slept on in the market and, and, and across the betting space. But there you have them sitting
4: six. Yeah, I do because I think you got to, when you combine when you put the quarterback and the kicker. Remember, you got to put kickers in this equation too. I know the analytical people tell you three points don't mean anything, right? Well, ask Texas if three points don't mean anything. Oh, by the way, that point that that kick was blocked. I don't know if Fox realized that, but that was blocked you know, yesterday. So it matters. When you have an elite kicker like Justin Tucker, like McPherson, oh, my gosh, it, it, and, you know, all these games we talk about are decided by four points or less, and yet everybody dismisses three points like they're meaningless, right? Everybody doesn't want three points, yet all the games are decided by four points or less. 75% of the games are decided by three points or four points or less, and yet everybody scoffs at three points. Well, give me the deal on that. you got Indy I know you're high on Indianapolis sitting seven yeah I I like Indy's team I really do I think Indy has worked really hard this offseason to get ready for the opener today do I think they'll cover I don't know that I would take the points I take the home dog here divisional home dog with seven I think that's a good solid play I think Houston as Matty Eumann said yesterday is better than most people think and if Davis Mills is protected which he should be better today, they will move the football. That being said, I think the Taylor offense, letting him run the ball and letting Matt Ryan use play action, I think they'll have enough weapons offensively, whether it's Pierce or Pittman, one of those guys. I think Indianapolis is a good team.
3: Awesome divisional matchup in the late window. You got eight Chargers. The Chargers are hosting Vegas today. That number's down to three and a half off the four opener with the Chargers laying it.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, it's a home game for the Raiders. The Raiders are really skilled. They signed Waller to an extension yesterday. Their offense, they've got to protect. I mean, when you put power rankings together, you, you value offensive and defensive lines a lot. I do. And and the Raiders' offensive line is a work in progress. Their defensive front on the edges is good, right? Their edges are really good. But their, their inside people, can they hold up? I think that's going to be the key. The Raiders have to play away where they play from in front to let Chandler Jones and Max Crosby really make a difference. And utilize their speed. I think Patrick Graham will do a really good job. It's a hard game for them to play against Justin Herbert today. But I like the Chargers team as a whole, even as bad as they were on defense. They've got a lot of good players. I think it's on the coach to put it all together.
3: Okay, Philly's up next on Michael Lombardi's Power Rankings. Again, remember, Philly's all the way up to 5.5. If you're betting Philly, you've lost the number. You're getting the worst of it. They're laying 5.5 at Detroit.
4: I think Philly was is, did exactly what a smart team should do. They built their team around not sure about the quarterback. They're, they've improved their defensive line. They've improved their secondary. They really improved their linebackers this offseason. Their offensive line is still really good. They're good in the trenches. You know, they've got a running back. When he's healthy, he can be a good player. They've got a yards after the catch receiver in A.J. Brown. They're a good team. They've got a very good field goal kicker. They've got all the things going for them. Now they got to put it together. And Hertz has got to be able to play if he has to play from behind, we'll see. I don't think he'll have to play from behind in Detroit. I think he can control the pace. Last time they played, they ran the ball 48 times in Detroit. Threw at 16.
3: Yep. Yep. hundred percent. I think it's going to be the same recipe today. Brian Broaddus is going to join us. He covers the Cowboys, old bucket head, Michael Lombardi's old uh, scouting friend. He's going to join us next coming up in about two minutes. Now, uh,
4: you've got Dallas sitting 10 on your power rankings to close them out. Yeah. And I would say 10 with an arrow down. I I don't know where they are in the offensive line. I don't have any faith. I mean, I know they have this, uh, you know, love affair with Jason Peters. But can he really actually come in and play well? Last year he didn't play well for the Bears, and they needed a left tackle. So we'll see there. Uh, The skill players for Dallas, I think the offense is what concerns me. The consistency in the offense from week to week. Well, we'll find out exactly where the Dallas Cowboys are, not just
3: on the offensive front, but overall as a team. Brian brought us, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for 105.3. The fan in Dallas joins us next right here on the Lombardi line. We're just getting started. Remember 10 home dogs today. That's unprecedented. We continue. It's the Lombardi line.
4: You're listening to
2: the Lombardi Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay, football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first down touchdown score prop on every Monday night pro football game. If your bet loses, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level at, over at BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any pro football game. And if your bet misses, you're going to get up to $25 back. You can't beat it. Bet MGM is the best. 21 years or older if you have a gambling problem. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Okay, we got you back here. Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Los Angeles. Of course, the late night game, you've got Tampa at Dallas. Tampa lane two and a half. Michael Lombardi, the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys 31-29 in last season's opener. To talk about that, a good friend of yours, a good friend at the show, Brian Broadus, of course, old Bucket joins us, covers the Dallas Cowboys for 105.3, the fan there in Dallas. How are we feeling, Bucket? Good morning. Hey, good
4: morning, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me, Patrick, Michael. Good to see you both. Good to see you too, Brian. So let's start off with this Cowboy offensive line. Take us through how you think the five will start the game and take us through your your idea of, will Dak get protection in terms of against a really good front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
5: Yeah, Michael, they're going to go with the rookie uh, left tackle in Tyler Smith. They were talking about him really all season, you know, when he was drafted. They never really said where he was going to play. They were thinking left side player. And this was the first time in all my years of being with the Dallas Cowboys and covering the Cowboys, where they actually said, Hey, we're drafting this guy as a replacement. So, the plan was initially to probably play him at left guard. He and Connor McGovern had a, a battle. I, I felt like that Tyler Smith was better than McGovern at that spot, but he's going to start at left tackle for you. Uh, he, in the OTAs, mini camps, things like that, he was able to get those reps. Training camp, he didn't. They were all primarily at left guard, even the preseason games he played there. So, Connor McGovern's going to be uh, your left guard, uh, you know, Tyler Biotish will be at center. Zach Martin, the all pro at right guard. And then Terrence Steele, who had to make several starts last year. Uh, and now is, you know, now that the, you know, Lyle Collins is gone, will be your starter at right tackle. As far as the protection goes, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, that's, you know, the really the only real promising thing right now that you know about is what Zach Martin can do for you. At right guard. There was some questions early in the year about Tyler Biotis at center. Uh, did he need to be replaced? Was he picking up things fast enough? They feel like that he's kind of got that taken care of. So yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of questions ac- across that front five uh, for the Dallas Cowboys and can in fact that they keep uh, Dak Prescott upright in this game.
3: Brian, let's let's just start with perception. Perception drives the betting market. The perception coming into last year, everybody was high on Dallas, had a great season, lost to San Francisco. Here we are now. The perception is not there for the Dallas Cowboys. The arrow, as Michael Lombardi said, is pointing down. What is the overall vibe there in Dallas right now with this team?
5: Yeah, if Michael's telling you the arrow's down, believe Michael on the arrow down for sure. He was one of the best I've ever worked with when it came to evaluating these teams. Um, but, yeah, the, the, you know, the, there's so, so many questions because of the Cowboys really made it personal when they moved on from Lyle Collins at tackle, when they moved on from Amari Cooper. You know, Amari Cooper was a non-vaccinated player. He missed two games. Uh, he missed the Kansas City game last year. If they'd had any kind of offense in the second half, they would have probably won that football game. But, you know, they didn't have him and they didn't have him for the Raiders game on Thanksgiving. They lose those two games and then, and, you know, then they lose seeding in the in the NFC uh, in the conference, so yeah, it was very, very personal. Uh, the moving on. The Cowboys will tell you they feel like that they're a better team. Those are sometimes what teams say, you know, when they just really, really don't know. They, you know, Michael taught me a long time ago, and I'll always remember this: when you can't evaluate your own team, you're in trouble. And there's a side of me that believes that maybe the Cowboys, at times, do not evaluate their team the correct way. Now we'll see. They draft really, really well. They don't spend any money in free agency, so. You know, there's really not the balance there to when, once they lose players to replace players. You know, the whole Jason Peters move was out of necessity because they've got really two young tackles behind, uh, you know, behind Tyler Smith that, that aren't ready to play. So, yeah, the evaluation of this team, I think what Michael's been saying all along on the Lombardi line and other platforms he's had is is absolutely right about this football team.
4: You know, Brian, the one area I do like, with the I like a lot about the Cowboys. But I love Pollard, and I think you got to keep Zeke and Pollard on the field at the same time. I don't see why those two guys can't. Is Pollard going to play in the slot? Because I think he'd be a dynamic slot receiver. And will they move C.D. Lamb outside, or are they going to continue this rotating back uh, avenue that they've gone down with Kellen Moore?
5: Mike, that's the uh, the great question. And and if the Cowboys fail this year, it. it will likely be because of the coaching staff's inability to use their their personnel. And for years, you know, uh, you, you don't have to be a scout like me, a former scout. You know, there's a lot of people that watch these games. They're like thinking, why do you not get explosive players on the field? Why do you not uh, try and be creative? You know, we saw Dan Quinn last year on defense, you know, take guys, you know, with Parsons, you know, and and, and use him as a pass rusher. I don't know if anybody watching Penn State tape. Would have thought that about him, you know, curse using him as a down linebacker. There's coaches when they use their personnel properly, you could see how well they play and, and it makes a difference in how they play. You know, we're still waiting for Kellen Moore to do that. You know, they, they have a kid named Turpin that they got from the, the USFL who is a dynamic returner. And when you saw him, you know, he had a couple of big returns in the Chargers game. They're starting to use him more as that kind of that slot loose player. So I don't know if, if, in fact, Turpin, because he is a wide receiver, that he might be now taking more of those reps away from Pollard. But we'll see. You're right. Both of them, there was been times when they both had been in the uh, on the field, uh, you know, in practices and things like that. The practice they had against the Broncos, the two practices they had against the Chargers, you saw a little bit more of Pollard. But that's that's the that's the million dollar question, as they say, is Kellen Moore gonna find ways to use his personnel, much like what Dan Quinn does on the defensive side of the ball?
3: Okay, let's get your thoughts on tonight's matchup, Brian. That D front should be able to pressure Brady. We we understand the offensive line issues for Tampa. Dak's been very good as a dog in his career. Uh, they're getting disrespected at home. They're catching two and a half points, and the total is 50. Give me your overall thoughts on this one.
5: Yeah, I think this is. I think there's two teams really kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do on this offensive line. We've talked about that here early in this in this segment, and so you know, I I feel like that, that Dallas does have an advantage. I think people might be sleeping on the on their secondary a little bit, and you know, when you start to talk, they're going to get Jordan Lewis. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. He's a he's the slot corner. Uh, you know, Anthony Brown, I think Anthony Brown is going to lead the team in interceptions. I know Diggs had a bunch of them last year, had 11, but I think people are sleeping on this secondary. I, 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 I like the matchup that the Cowboys have, because if they can get the pass rush and Michael can explain to you better than anybody about how to attack, attack Tom Brady. He always talks about eye level attacking the middle of the pocket. I'm going to move Parsons around. I'm going to make him, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a, Leonard Fournette have to pick up blitzes. I'm going to make these young uh, offensive linemen have to pick up twist stunts up front. I'm going to do everything I can. You can't confuse Tom Brady, but what you got to do is you got to attack him. And usually through the middle of the pocket, teams have had success against him, have been able to do that. And so if I'm Dan Quinn, I'm not tacking the edges with them. I'm attacking the middle of the pocket. But you know the ball is going to get out early. But Dallas's secondary, I feel like can can hold up against these uh, against these Tampa uh, receivers if they get that just that little bit of extra split second of time to hold maybe you can get a blitzer home maybe you can get a front uh, a rush home a twist stunt something like that to make it happen
4: yeah, I'm with you, Brian. I, I think that's, you know, what I think, what I love about Parsons is his ability to be the joker in the defense. He can play from a two-point, he can play from a three-point. Plus, you know, if you line him up over Hainsey, the, the new center that's in there, or uh, Gadeke, the kid that they drafted in the second round, I mean, that's going to be a problem. And you run those stunts and twists with them, and Brady's going to realize that, and you're going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. So I, I get that. I think that's why I think the, the, the total has come down, Patrick a
3: hundred percent
4: brian brought us of
3: course not just 105.3 the fan in dallas love the star podcast as well he's our friend he's bucket i hope you get your car back soon my friend thank you very much yes. Enjoy good the game. luck bucket
4: keep in
5: touch yeah, appreciate Matt. you guys love yeah, you brother you guys. love you guys too and keep keep up the great work you guys are it's a hell of a show you guys got going there keep it rolling Thank you, Bucket. Thanks, we
3: appreciate you. We'll talk to you during the regular season as well into the postseason. That's Brian Broadus, who's the best, an old scouting friend with Michael Lombardi. Just quickly, wanted to mention Veasan Pros. Remember, you get pro tips twenty a day. Michael Lombardi pointed this out as far as his seven keys to betting week one. Fade first time head coaches. Although there's a distinction, you have to read Michael's article again. Three nineteen and one. The last four season with head coaches making their debut. And when we come back, Michael Lombardi, the long national nightmare is over. Nesson's going to be happy to hear. We have an offensive coordinator in New England. And while we were talking to Brian, that number down in Miami went from three and a half to three, the key number. So a couple of shops moving the number the Patriots way. You got 20 seconds to react to that. and We'll come back and discuss it. What do you think about that number moving to the
4: pass? I thought that hook was too dangerous. I thought that hook being out there in this game was a little bit shocking. I thought it held out there way too long, frankly. I think that's why people in the contest took it. That's why you look at the contest. I think that hook, now it's, it's, are you back
3: on Miami? Okay, Nesson, who's your offensive coordinator? I'll just say this. At least he's
0: not your defensive coordinator. We're back. Lombardi Line.